All right, hey everyone, welcome into another episode of the Spoiler Alert Podcast. Dylan and Ty back again, and this time we got a little, little more focused episode. I think everything has its kind of own place here, but uh, we have the Cocaine Bear mini-review. Ty, you saw that this weekend? Oh yeah. Then we're going to do another Convince Me to See or Not See. I recently saw The Whale. Um, that, um, that came out a couple months ago, Brendan Fraser movie, his first movie back in... A long, long time, but uh, gave that a C, so I'm going to give my thoughts on it and convince you to see it or not see it. And okay. then w- we will end it out with, uh, we're calling them guilty pleasure movies, Ty, but I don't think we feel guilty at all about watching them. No, that's, guilty pleasure's a tough, it's a tough phrase for these. Cause it's movies we like, but yeah. I don't know if people have the same opinions we do on them. Actually, I know for a fact a lot of people probably don't. But. Exactly. So we're, <laughs> we're going against the grain here. There's, we're going to talk about the movies that maybe the general public hates, didn't enjoy, whatever, but we did. So let's just kick it off here, as always, with upcoming movies of the week. I have a uh, longer list this time around because we're not really crunch for time, but a few of these you probably don't care about. Uh, but starting <laughs> off with the big one for this week, Creed 3. After dominating the boxing world, Adonis Creed, Michael B. Jordan, has been thriving in both his career and family life. When childhood friend and former boxing prodigy Damian, uh, Jonathan Majors, who we just saw him in Ant-Man, resurfaces after serving a long sentence in prison, he's eager to prove that he deserves his shot in the ring. The face-off between former friends is more than just a fight. To settle the score, Adonis must put his future on the line to battle Damien, a fighter who has nothing to lose. So this is the big movie of the week, Ty. I think we're both going to see it probably this weekend. Oh, um, yeah. It's not a ton to say. It's a boxing movie. Uh, you kind of know what to expect from these so far, ever since Rocky and obviously into the Creed movies. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing. Um, so expectation-wise, you know, what do you think here? I have high expectations. It's Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut, and it's his own movie. So I think each one's gone better. The first Creed was great. Creed 2 was even really good. So I've, I have high hopes for this one. Hopefully it doesn't let us down. Yeah, I, I just hope it's not going to be like some overuse things like, yeah, I'm back. I was better than you when we were like teenagers or some shit. Yeah, and now I that, here I am. <laughs> I hope they find a way to make us believe this because it's not like you can just get out of prison and go fight the fucking world champion at boxing. Exactly. Yeah. But Jonathan Majors is great, and Michael B. Jordan's great, so I think this will be cool. Then again, John Jones is kind of doing that same thing this weekend. I'm yeah. saying he just got out of prison, but he's <laughs> been roided up and out of the fight game for a bit, and he's fighting for the championship his first game back. <laughs> it's a big weekend for fights. Uh, second movie here, and honestly, the one I'm most excited for this weekend, uh, Operation Fortune, Ruse de Geary. I probably butchered that. It sounds French or something. I, I can't say it, but a uh, new Guy Ritchie film. Special agent Orson Fortune and his team of operatives recruit one of Hollywood's biggest movie stars to help them on an under, undercover mission when the sale of a deadly new rep- weapon technology threatens to disrupt the world order. So big guy, Richie guy. I love his uh, directing style. Fast pace, wild. Um, obviously, I, I put uh, uh, Bullet Train as my top movie last year, even though that was not him. It felt like a very similar type of movie. So you kind of know what to expect from him. There's always some random twists, but always super fast paced, and I'm excited for this one. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm a big guy, Richie guy too. Especially uh, his one of his last ones, The Gentleman. That was great. Yeah. So I didn't even know this movie was coming out. I'm excited. I'm probably gonna go see it too. 
Yeah, didn't see a ton about it, honestly. I knew he had a new movie coming out, but I didn't know this is what it was called. Honestly, when I saw the name, I'm like, I just ignored it. I had no idea what it was. And then I'm like, oh, shit, that's Guy Ritchie. I- I'm in. Yeah, op- whenever I saw the notes for this episode and I saw Operation Good, I, couldn't, I can't even say it, I don't think. Yeah, I was like, I is this some kind of foreign film again that we are not going to know what we're seeing? But no, this sounds awesome. I can't wait. Uh, next one here for my anime friends, uh, Demon Slayer to the Swordsmith Village. All the upper ranked demons assemble at the Affin- Infinity Castle after upper six demons defeat. Um, that means something if you've watched the show and, and the, the there was one movie as well, but really you didn't need to see their previous movie. But if you keep up with the show, you know exactly what that means. This is probably more of a, a niche um, movie for, for those involved in the anime and of course the manga. Uh, Ty, I know you're not the biggest anime guy, but have you heard of Demon Slayer? I've definitely heard of the first Demon Slayer movie, and I heard it was good, so maybe I'll have to check these out. I'm not opposed to the anime. Yeah, it's uh, one of the most popular animes right now. Uh, probably up there with Attack on Titan, which is coming back this week. So, Ty, you got time to catch up on Attack on Titan before that comes out. All right, I'm going <laughs> to have to do it. I know our buddy Frank's all about it, so... Oh, yeah. Well, well shout out to Frank, because... I think I'm the one that got him into Attack on Titan, and we've been talking about it nonstop since. Shout out to him. Uh, next movie here. This uh, A lot of these next ones are kind of out there, uh, but this is called Hunt Her, Kill Her. On an otherwise peaceful evening during her first night on the job, a lone night shift janitor finds herself in an unexpected fight for survival when she becomes the target of sinister, uh, I almost said mashed, like mashed potatoes, but masked <laughs> intruders. As their disturbing motives become clear, she must use her crafty instincts and barbaric violence to make it through the night alive. So, yeah, didn't really see anything on this movie at all. Uh, it came up. It's probably a lower budget film, but it's interesting enough that I, I threw it in here. Yeah, it's kind of got an interesting premise. It sounds like something we could have seen before, you know? It kind of sounds like it's got a familiar premise as, like, some of these other hunt and kill people literally the title of the movie so it sounds interesting enough maybe i'll give it a go if I, if it's streaming or something soon yeah and i don't know how much that's going to be in theaters that might be like one of those limited release type movies right says it opens friday i'm looking right now i'll see if it's even playing anywhere around me just for the hell of it i noticed it's not rated just like operation fortune so let's see if it's playing anywhere near me i don't think it is yeah, so is it a streaming movie? I, um, I probably should have looked that up beforehand. It says it opens on Friday, but I don't see any showings near me. Maybe they're just none playing at all near me. Interesting. Um, yeah, I can't even... It doesn't even give me an option to look near me. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on here. The poster um, kind of looks like a bad mask you'd buy at Spirit Halloween. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, Cry Wolf. Do you remember yeah. that movie from forever ago? I think so. That might just be like that. So not, I don't know, probably not high hopes for this yeah. type of movie, but sometimes these little horror films can uh, do well. So far, nothing sounds terrible, though, in our upcoming movies. It sounds like not a bad week as far as overall here so far. Let's see if we can change that. So uh, next movie here is <laughs> God Bless You, Al Pacino. There is zero information on this movie. Uh, I just saw it there on upcoming movies. I, I'm a big Al Pacino fan. So I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. God bless you, Al Pacino. 
And uh, no, absolutely no, nothing about this movie. There was no summary, nothing. It's marked as a comedy. I thought it was going to be like a documentary or something, but no, comedy, no idea what it's about. <laughs> it's It sounds like it's trying to be one of those meta movies like, is Al Pacino in it? What are we doing here? I don't know what's going on. It doesn't on look like he's in it unless he's hidden and maybe he just pops in. <laughs> Let's give him that paycheck. All right. Palm Trees and Power Lines is the next movie here. A disconnected teenage girl enters a relationship with a man twice her age. She sees him as the solution to all of her problems, but his intentions are not what they seem. So I don't know what it is with... This isn't the first movie we've talked about on the show where it's about having a relationship with an older man. Yeah. And I'm getting a little creepy. Like, why are these weirdos writing these stories? Um, yeah. I don't know if they're trying to live out some fucked up fantasy, but not super in it, interested in this one. <laughs> yeah, no, not me either. Uh, please, baby, please is the next one. Uh, newlywed Susie and Arthur become the dangerous obsession of a greaser gang that awakens a sleeping quandary into the couple's sexual identity. So when I when I read that, I kind of I kind of thought of Infinity Pool because that movie's a, a bit sexual yeah. as well um, in weird ways. I mean, in the trailer, Scarzar is walking around on a leash. So <laughs> I think we forgot to mention in Infinity Pool that just. The complete surprise hand job to completion in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, if you need another reason to see it, there you go. That doesn't there happen very often. You don't see his uh, dick, but you see the cum. So. Yeah, it just sp- spoots on out. I'm like, uh, what did they just do that? Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know many movies that show a, a cum shot. I don't I don't know if you can. I don't even know if that's legal. I don't I don't know if I want to look it up to see what I find. So, I was gonna say I'm actually good on that. I think keep this that is the one only one that I'm, I'm cool with it. I do know William Defoe and his co-star in Antichrist had actual sex on Jeez. on on that filming. Uh and that's it was hilarious. Wow. So uh haven't seen the movie, but I know that happened. Shout out to Willem for getting it in. Yeah. Well, still living the Green Goblin life. (laughs) Ah, boy. Uh, All right. The year between Clemis Miller is coming home to live in her family's basement after dropping out of college with a newly diagnosed mental illness, having to face her battered relationships and responsibilities of adulthood. She is driving everyone around her crazy. I didn't add those ellipses. That came with the description. (laughs) It sounds like (laughs) the person in this movie would drive everybody crazy. This sounds a little wokey. Yeah, well. School is hard. I'm back. (laughs) What kind of a name is Clements? It's probably a self-diagnosed mental illness, too. Yeah, she's watching too many TikToks, and now she thinks she's autistic. Yeah, yeah. The fake disorder trend. (laughs) Uh, Children of the Corn. We Everyone knows that movie. Uh, Apparently, it's part prequel and then a remake of the original. It looks absolutely awful, so not touching that one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just like Pet Cemetery. I know I haven't even watched the newer Pet Cemetery, but a lot of these people are remaking the, the old Stephen King yeah. uh, projects there. I mean, th- there's a lot of good ones, and there's a lot of uh, stories that haven't even been made. I know we have a little bit in the news here, but uh, yeah. even that is basically a spinoff. You know, it's not, he has so many stories that could still be made into something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You could just go back. He's done so many books at this point. Uh, and then finally, another uh, Japanese here. It's 
you can't call it an anime because I think anime is technically just a show, but it is a Japanese animated movie, Suzumi, a modern action adventure road story where a 17 year old girl named Suzumi helps a mysterious young man close doors from the outer side from I say that. Yeah, I, from the outer side. I wanted it to say other side, but that's not what it says. Uh, the outer side that are releasing disasters all over Japan. I'm going to assume the outer side is like some other uh, dimension causing Mm -hmm. disasters. Uh, But uh, Makoto Shinkai, I I really hope I said that right. Um, He has done some other films that I'm really big fans of. Uh, Your Name being the top one, one of the best animated films I've ever seen. Uh, really recommend that. It might still be on HBO. I'm not sure. Um, okay. Another one, Weathering With You, also very, very good. And then five centimeters per second. Uh, all extremely, uh, they're kind of like touching stories. You know, they can be a little bit sad, um, mm-hmm. but uh, at the same time, very well done. And the animation is top notch. Uh, I think your name was actually nominated for an Oscar for best animated film. Maybe maybe nice. it's best for, foreign film, but I I know it lost. Let me see what it lost to. But um, it was extremely good. And you know, looking back and seeing that it lost, and I'm pretty sure it lost to something stupid. I almost want to say Zootopia because that feels oh, like boy. what it would be. <laughs> uh, it is currently number 82 on IMDb's top 250 movies of all time. It wow. was uh, it has 16 wins for awards, 26 nominations. Um, where are those Oscars? Oh, uh, all right. I stand corrected. It doesn't look like it was nominated for an Oscar. I think maybe that was the, uh, the, uh, controversy is that it wasn't nominated because it was incredibly good. Uh, yeah, either way, uh, very good. Go see it. Well worth it. I'll check it out. Uh, but that will do it for what is coming out. Uh, so some some movie news. All right, here we go. Let's hop into movie news. So Quantumania, we talked about it last week. It's set to have the MCU's worst second week box office drop. Uh, opening weekend uh, taking saw the movie make more than five times the nearest Hollywood's uh, movie grosses for the year so far. So all the other movies that have came out, it's done five times that. But uh, as big as the first movie uh, weekend was... Um, it's projected to have the worst drop-off in MCU movie ever, uh, taking $118 million across the four-day holiday weekend last week. $104 million came on uh, the three-day window. This weekend is projecting a box office of just 30 to $32 million. That's a 70% drop week on week. So in context, this would be worse than the 67.8% drop seen by Black Widow and then the 67.7% drop from Thor Love and Thunder. So not a good look for Marvel to start off the year so far with that. Interesting. Yeah, I, that, that's surprising. I, I wonder how it's going to do in terms of like total, because I'm curious if that's also going to be down and maybe that kind of signals that, hey, people are kind of starting to be over superhero movies. Right. I think a lot of the reviews probably didn't help either. They a yeah. lot of people probably see that that Rotten Tomato score and are probably thinking, and eh, maybe I'll just skip it away for Disney Plus. Right. So uh, also here we got some new Lord of the Rings movies are set at Warner Brothers. So on a Thursday uh, earnings call, Warner Brothers uh, Discovery CEO announced that newly installed studio leaders have brokered a deal to make multiple films based on the beloved J.R.R. Tolkien books. Uh, the projects will be developed through WB label New Line Cinema. 
The first Lord of the Rings trilogy, helmed by Peter Jackson, grossed nearly $3 billion worldwide. Jackson's follow-up trilogy, based on Tolkien's The Hobbit, matched those grosses. It wasn't as good as the first. Nothing's going to beat those first three, obviously. But um, the inaugural projects and timelines were not immediately disclosed. The first Jackson trilogy starred Elijah Wood, Ian McKellen, Liv Tyler, Viggo Mortensen, Sean Astin, and Kate Blanchett. That trio of films was nominated for 30 Academy Awards and took home 17 trophies, including Best Picture for 2003's Return of the King. It's crazy that it's been 20 years since Return of the King. I feel old. <laughs> that is just that is just depressing. And yeah, to be honest, I was not a super big Lord of the Rings type guy. I, I had a lot of friends in, man, I guess that would have been elementary school and middle school when it was kind of at its peak. Um, wasn't super into it, but I watched the extended cuts. Actually, when I moved down here to Austin, uh, mm -hmm. all of them like in a row, like during a weekend. So I think it was like 15 hours of movies or something. Oh, shit. yeah. Uh, but no, it, they're they're great movies. I'm hoping they're not just gonna retell the same uh, story, and yeah. instead it's gonna be kind of like you know spinoffs. I don't know if it's gonna be like a prequel, like the Rings of Power. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I'm hoping it's something different. Me too. I agree. And I same with me. I wasn't really a big Lord of the Rings guy back in the day, but I've since binge them all, love them all. The Hobbits were pretty good, but just like I said, nothing can beat that first three. Yeah. Yeah. So we mentioned Stephen King. So now we have an It prequel series called Welcome to Derry set at HBO Max. So HBO Max is expanding the world of Stephen King's It with the drama series Welcome to Derry uh, from Warner Brothers Television. And it's developed uh, by filmmakers that made the It and It Chapter 2, Andy Muschietti and Barbara Muschietti, I guess their uh, husband and wife. And uh, so it's set in the world of Stephen King's It universe. Welcome to Derry is based on King's It novel and expands the story established by them uh, – Stephen King himself is excited for the project, saying, The story of Derry, Maine's most haunted city, is continuing, and I'm glad Andy Muschietti is going to be overseeing frightening festivities, along with a brain trust, including, oh, never mind, his talented sister, Barbara. <laughs> so he said red balloons all around. So not his wife, his sister, but I'm excited for this. HBO Max doesn't really seem to miss between The Last of Us Now, House of the Dragon, everything they've had lately has been a hit. So I have high hopes for this one. You got to include Velma in there, though. You know, big hit. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, yeah. Season two um, incoming. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited for this. Uh, we've talked about it, I think, a few times on a few episodes. But both of us, Stephen King guys, I'm curious what this will be. It sounds like it will be a prequel. Um, they'll probably – I can't imagine they don't focus on, like, the fire that happened there. Yeah. Um, or maybe they'll go back even further. You know, uh, I think uh, – trying to recall the damn book um i don't remember if it was like the 1600s where uh you first started seeing kind of pennywise when the town was originally discovered so curious how far back they go and if pennywise is even going to be part of it yeah uh, i would imagine he would be but if it's more about dairy as a whole maybe there's some other hauntings that have happened in the city that didn't include pennywise yeah, and if it is Pennywise, I wonder if it'll be Skarsgård, because he's obviously yeah, sure pretty be. good in the role, so we'll see. Here's a fun one now. Uh, Attack of the Meth Gator movie is teased <laughs> by the Asylum. So we had the Winnie the Pooh horror cinematic universe, and now the drug-addicted animal cinematic universe, I guess. So this is, this is the same studio behind the Sharknado movies. They're teasing a cocaine bear-inspired film about an alligator fueled by meth. Um, so as the attention surrounding the release Cocaine Bear has been crazy, uh, the Asylum took to Twitter to unveil their poster for a film they're calling Attack of the Meth Gator. 
<laughs> so no other information has been revealed, and horror fans are still trying to determine if the poster is a joke or if it's actually going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this this company is notable for uh, making mockbusters, and uh, here's some others. They include Top Gunner Danger Zone, yeah. Or God of Thunder, Battle for Pandora, and Jurassic Domination. <laughs> so I kind of see what they're going at here. They're either trying to just get yeah. some engagement going for the release of the movie, or they're actually going to make this. That's great. Did uh, are they the ones that made Velocipaster? I'm not sure. I think Velocipaster <laughs> might have been its own entity, but this is—I would not be surprised if they were. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Uh, meth Gator actually makes a lot of sense because Gators, Florida, Florida meth. You know, it's easy to make that connection there. Exactly. People probably make this connection more than just cocaine bear. Yeah, yeah. Bear has to work to get the cocaine. Meth can just be found by a gator pretty easily. Yeah, it's probably just pumped into the water down there anyway. <laughs> so then we're going to wrap up with a little bit of the PGAA award results, and that's the Producers Guild of America award. So um, the Daryl F. Zinuck, I hope I'm saying that right, award for Outstanding Producer of Theatrical Motion Pictures. That's their best picture, I'm assuming. Uh, it was everything, everywhere, all at once. So since nice. 2009, only three movies have won at the PGA and have not gone on to win uh, the Academy Award for Best Picture, and that would be The Big Short, La La Land, and then 1917. So if we needed any other indications, this looks like another big win for everything, everywhere, all at once, and they should win Best Picture. Yeah, I, I hope that's the case. Um, you know, we have two of the three not winning makes sense. La La Land was... Okay, nothing special, but I don't know the last time a a, uh, a uh, musical won Best Picture, but yeah, not not big into into that one. So that makes sense. That lost nineteen seventeen. Uh, when was that twenty nineteen? That lost a Parasite. Yep. Perfect. That yeah makes a lot of sense as well. La La mm -hmm. Land lost to Moonlight. I don't exactly agree agree with that but i don't think there were many big uh competitions there uh, yeah wasn't that the one that they messed up as well they said the wrong yes. movie one it was like a whole big ordeal yep good job steve harvey you piece of shit way to go <laughs> um and then the big short uh love i really really love that movie i think it is not only funny but it is informative about the uh the crash we had in 2008 with the housing markets and all that fun, terrible stuff that happened back then. Um, but that lost to spotlight, which is kind of in a similar vein, you know, the big short was about kind of uh, not so much exposing, but showing what happened to cause the financial crisis of 2008, 2009 um, while spotlight uncovered the true story of how the church goes in a, Covers up uh, priests and, and young boys. I guess I'll okay. just say it that way. Um, Spotlight, also a great movie. Uh, can't really argue there. But yeah, out of, out of those, you know, two of the three make sense to me for, for not winning. Uh, yeah. I can make an argument for the big short. But no, um, we already said it. Everything, everywhere, all at once deserves uh, best picture. Absolutely. So we'll see. All right, Ty, so you did see Cocaine Bear, uh, the prequel to Meth Gator. So oh, yeah. <laughs> let's give a, a little little review here, but let's keep it spoiler-free because I yeah. do plan on seeing it. Okay, so here we go. 
The synopsis, just in case anybody doesn't know, an oddball group of cops, criminals, tourists, and teens converge on a Georgia forest where a huge black bear goes on a murderous rampage after unintentionally ingesting cocaine. <laughs> so this is pretty much um, everything you'd want from a horror comedy, I'd say. Uh, the complete opposite of Winnie the Pooh, because fuck that. We won't even, we don't even have to go into that anymore. Everybody knows I hate it. Uh, so for a movie about a bear that does cocaine, you can't really look too deep into it, you know? It's a fun time in the theater for sure. Some laughs and a lot of gore. I was not expecting it to be as gory as it was, for sure. Um, O'Shea Jackson Jr. is definitely the, one of the standouts. And uh, shout out to our guy, Ray Liotta, RIP. I think this will be his last movie uh, because he's, you know, dead. So uh, <laughs> if you're into the genre, I think you'll enjoy Cocaine Bear quite a bit. It's for me on par with Megan. <laughs> it's about a six out of ten or so. I think I might like this one just a tad more even. So check it out sooner or later. Throw it on. Just kind of turn off your brain and enjoy it for what it is. I'm sure it'll end up streaming somewhere in no time too. But yeah, I'll keep it short right. since I know you want to see it. Just to uh, to go off of that, he has three more movies coming out. Really? Yeah. Uh, one is called Fool's Paradise, who has just uh, completed post-production. And then two others, Dangerous Waters and... This one is just called April 29th, uh, 1992. Both of those are currently in post-production. Wow. So I guess this isn't his last movie, so that's good. At least we'll get to see a little bit more Ray Liotta, even though I see him all the time because I always watch Goodfellas. That's right. It's just always on. But yeah, check it out. I think you'll like it for what it is, for sure. It's nothing. It's not going to blow you away. It's not going to be nominated for anything, but it's a good time. Get some popcorn, get a large Diet Coke. Enjoy yourself. Uh, too long, too short. Is it worth going to theaters to see? I would go to the theater to see it. It's all, it's only about an hour and a half, so it's not a long watch, and uh, it went pretty quick. Was it was it actually funny? I know you told me it was extremely gory, but it was the comedy elements actually there, or do they try to take it a little bit too serious? There were some funny moments, and it's definitely not – they don't try to take themselves too seriously, no. And I think a lot of the comedy does come from just how gory it is and over the top. Sure. And just like the bear doing cocaine and all that. It's it's not bad. I know Tay, my girlfriend, she didn't like it nearly as much as I did. She, I think she hated it, to be honest, but I'm not surprised. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't hate it. It's It was on par with Megan for me, like I said. So not bad, but it's in the middle of the road. Fair enough. Was it better? And I, I don't know if you saw it the uh her other directorial movie the remake of charlie's angels but i'm assuming it's better than that it is i didn't see it but i know that got a lot of hate and i know that people were ready to tell her she can never make a movie again if this movie was a flop too <laughs> like that one so i think she redeemed herself on this one and all i guess took was a bear on cocaine exactly so maybe they'll get her to direct meth gator <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> other question, I guess. I'm assuming they didn't use a real bear on cocaine. So is it like a CGI bear? Can you tell? Yeah, it's as far as CGI goes, it's actually pretty well done, I'd say. Okay. Yeah, so it's not like you can't tell that it's like fake, like like the Sharknado movies. It doesn't look like a bad <laughs> CGI bear doing cocaine. Oh, yeah, I, I do plan on seeing it. I don't know if I'll make it to theaters to see it. Right. That's, um, I'm sure it'll be streaming sooner rather than later. I don't think it's going to be killing it in the box office here. Yeah, I, I think it's just a, a ridiculous concept. Based on a true story, I'm curious how much uh, is exaggerated here, but who knows? 
Yeah, and my mom shout out to her. She said that the actual bear uh, that this happened to in real life is like taxidermied somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where she got the information from, but apparently the bear is like actually they they killed it and then taxidermied it for probably whatever purpose. I don't know. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> Interesting. Well, cool. I mean, you got to remember it. Yeah, check it out. I think you'll like it. It'll be it'll be funny to talk about once you do. Oh, cool. Uh, and so, Ty, I am going to convince you to see the whale. It. I enjoyed it quite a bit, actually. Um, I ended up rating it an eight out of ten. Okay. Um, with my ratings, but yeah. So Brendan Fraser coming back into acting, uh, for the movie The Whale, where he is a very very morbidly obese English teacher. And he attempts to reconnect with his estranged teenage daughter um, because he feels he does not have much time to live. Uh, man, I I don't exactly know where to start with this movie. I'm going to keep it spoiler free. Okay. Um, but Brendan Fraser puts on a legitimate performance. Uh, you can when when I think Brendan Fraser, we think back to the Mummy. We think to uh, the Looney Tunes movies, George mm-hmm. of the Jungle. You know, kind of silly movies like that. Um, but damn, he, he brings it in this movie and it was a little bit unexpected. The fat suit is very impressive. He, he looks like a very fat man. Um, and he said that he actually had to carry it around and there were times where he needed help getting up because it was so heavy. Um, wow. So he definitely dedicated to this role, his character, Charlie, you, I don't want to say you feel bad for him because personally, I usually don't feel bad for obese people. They kind of do it to themselves. And mm-hmm. that's, of course, the case here. But um, as you go throughout the story, you really come to enjoy his character and essentially love the character. He is such a genuine and nice guy, uh, but obviously has his demons as well that you discover throughout the movie. But you can't help but kind of root for him. Um, it, it's depressing as a movie. There is nothing happy about this movie okay you'll you'll get a laugh here and there maybe but the overall tone is very somber um sadie sink who plays his daughter ellie you would know her from uh stranger things Uh um i think her name's max i don't really remember stranger things she's a redhead girl um in stranger things she's okay in in this i i do think maybe just brendan outshines her a good bit Mm mm-hmm but uh, she, she's okay. She does a, a decent enough job. Uh, massive bitch in the movie, and maybe that's oh, wow. maybe that's her role because she's kind of a bitch in Stranger Things too. <laughs> um, but yeah, so essentially, it is very worth seeing. Uh, I don't know if it's still in theaters or not, but if it is, I would get my butt to it to go see it. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, extremely good. Sad movie. Uh, you're not gonna feel happy at the end okay um but it is very well done and while watching it you know i'm like man this feels like a play and i i looked it up uh it was a play in fact oh Uh, it was originally a play it it, this isn't really a spoiler but it takes place almost exclusively in charlie's home Uh, so people are coming and going and that's where i'm like man this feels like a play you know they just set up a stage people come in and out um, and it was, so this was a play. I, I would enjoy seeing this as a play as well. Um, okay. and apparently the guy who wrote it, it's slightly based off of him. Um, 
he was an obese uh, gay man as well who dealt wow. with some hardships. Um, also, I just said he was a gay man. Uh, that's not a spoiler. Uh, the first five seconds of the movie, uh, Brendan Fraser is watching gay porn. So this oh. is not this is okay. not a spoiler at all. You figure that out immediately. Um, <laughs> but yes, it, very very good movie. Um, I again, I, I can't recommend it enough. There are a few things here and there where I think they could have shortened it down, maybe cut it. Uh-huh. Um, Sadie Sink maybe overacting a little bit, but all in all, great movie. Um, and honestly, the biggest thing is it's a unique story. You know, a lot of the times we get uh, spinoffs or or a mm-hmm. movie that feels exactly like a different movie. This doesn't feel like any other movie I've seen in a long time. So mm-hmm. given that uniqueness, crazy outstanding performances, I'm really curious if Brendan wins uh, Best Actor. I mm-hmm. honestly don't know who he's up against, but uh, from what I can tell, he he deserves it. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you've definitely convinced me to see it. It was already on the list. We're going to bang out all those Oscar-nominated movies here, but you did knock a couple of the questions off of my list I had because I had, does the fat suit hold up well? Boom, yeah. You, that. <laughs> you, had that, you had that one ready to go. So a couple more for you. So how long is it? Does it feel like a long watch? No. So there are very few times in the movie where you feel like, okay, nothing's happening. Something mm-hmm. is always kind of happening, and I think that translates from – uh, the play. So uh, I I did theater in college, and the last thing you want is for there to be, you know, kind of like the dead air on the on the radio, just nothing happening on stage. You're gonna bore the shit out of people. So something's right. always going on. Maybe not everything's at the peak. And you know, when you talk about like uh, go back to our English classes and shit, like oh the build up, the rising conflict or whatever the fuck it's called, and then it hits the climax. Mm-hmm. It um. The climax itself isn't like a massive climax. You you get interested immediately, probably because you get pulled in with what, what the fuck this fat dude's watching gay porn immediately and you get drawn <laughs> in. I'm like, what a way to start a movie. Um, but no, it does not feel long. And I think it's only like two hours. Okay. Not even an hour 57. Okay, nice. So is it a tearjerker? Am I going to cry? Yeah, that that's a difficult one. Uh, you will a hundred percent feel sad for uh-huh. Brendan's character just because he is such a genuine character. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to say. Kind of what I said at the beginning. It's hard to say you'll feel super bad for him. Uh, okay. You'll feel more bad for the people who care about him than you will for him. I gotcha. Okay. So is is it is this just straight drama or is there a little bit of comedy involved? Anything else? Yeah, definitely some comedy. Brennan's character is a little silly guy. Um, <laughs> I, not a little, a big silly guy because he's fat. <laughs> um, but no, there, there's some comedy here and there. Uh, ex, uh, what's her name? Hong Chow. Uh, she plays the character Liz in this movie, mm-hmm. um, but she is his friend, and she brings a, a good bit of the comedy for me. Okay. So, um, yeah, definitely. I'm happy for Frazier. He's the man. He deserves all the attention and love he's getting here for this career resurgence. Yeah, like you said, there's not too many original movies ideas for movies like this, so I'm definitely going to see it. And uh, we'll talk about it once I do. I'm excited for it. I think, I think it is on Amazon now. I could probably buy it on there. So maybe I'll do that this weekend too. Yeah, definitely. It's worth a watch. Unique film. Um, 
yeah, that, I mean, that's really all I could say about it. Um, if we want to talk about Brennan for a second here, I love watching those kind of like uh, actors on actors things. Yeah, uh, but they did one with like Adam Sandler and Brendan Fraser there. And just listening to Brendan talk, um, you can feel his anxiety uh, oh, yeah. when he talks about his, his acting ability and stuff like that. And I think that carried into this movie. You know, this character is all obviously super anxious. Mm-hmm. Um, but it translates well because I'm sure he tapped into some of his real life uh, feelings. Yeah, that's awesome. Whenever an actor is able to do that, so I think he probably did, he probably deserves this win. I think that'll be great for him if he does. So hopefully, we see him in some more stuff. For sure. But uh, getting back into a more enjoyable uh, topic, I guess. Uh, guilty pleasure movies here. Um, I picked five. Ty, I don't know how many you picked. Yeah, I picked five, too. Um, I'm excited it, for this. I think this is going to be a good one. This is going to be fun. And I don't it's actually it's technically more than five. I just kind of grouped a lot together. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just kind of go back and forth here on, on our guilty pleasure movies, movies we like. People generally don't. Let's talk about why we enjoy them. So mm-hmm. um, I'll kick it off here, Ty, because I think this is going to be for both of us. Mm-hmm. But anything Adam Sandler. Yeah, <laughs> we know uh, we we grew up on his movies. Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. Those were the two that hit for us in the 90s. As a movie itself, maybe not the best, but right. there are so many lines from those movies that I quote daily. Annoy oh, the shit out of my fiance with them. I say them to all my friends. My uh, cousin, 90 percent of our texts back and forth are either an Adam Sandler quote or a gif. And mm-hmm. we just went to see him uh, back in uh, November, and it was one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen. So, I'm so anything jealous. Adam Sandler, I'm I'm always in. Um, people can shit on him all they want. I understand that most of his movies, you know, it's it's stupid. It's stupid. It's supposed to be stupid. Yeah, yeah th- that's the point. Get over yourself. He's also proven that he is an incredible actor with films like Uncut Gems, um, Hustle. He mm-hmm. can do it all, and he chooses to be a comedy guy. Yeah, and he makes the movies he wants at. to make. Exactly. So, Ty, I think we're in agreement there. Anything Adam Sandler. Yeah, and I I have one specifically, but just real quick, like you said, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. Yeah. I had those on VHS, at, and I would watch them at camp with my cousin. We probably Absolutely. watched them a thousand times. We drove my grandparents nuts. <laughs> we eventually, whenever we had to upgrade the DVDs, we bought the DVDs of them too. I have both of them still. I love them. I've seen those countless times, but yeah, absolutely the best. I didn't want to include just a single one, but I had to leave this one on here. So here's one of mine. And it's, that's my boy. Cause it's an Adam Sandler movie, but it's also more of an Andy Samberg movie, but I fucking love this movie. Um, and this is, I didn't want to include just like one Adam Sandler movie. Cause I didn't want to feel like we're shitting on him or anything like that. Cause we love him, but Yeah. So uh, this has twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and I feel like I feel like it's definitely probably a little bit better than that. But um, this one is hilarious. So, quick synopsis: If anybody's not familiar with it, in his teens, Donnie Berger fathers a son, Todd, and raises him as a single parent until Todd's eighteenth birthday. And then Donnie resurfaces just before Todd's wedding after years apart, sending the grooms to be groom to be's world crashing down. And it's just so damn funny. Uh, I think I saw this movie like twice in theaters. Maybe <laughs> the name Han Solo Burger is just some like the funniest <laughs> name I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's a good one to actually call out because you know in terms of like Adam Sandler movies, 
not many people do do think of that's my boy, but it yeah. is funny. Dude knocks up his teacher, <laughs> yeah. and and they have a kid. Um, but funny kind of side story here. Uh, Vanilla Ice is in this movie. Yeah, he and is. So apparently, Adam Sandler is good friends with Vanilla Ice, and what I uh, I think I think my brother texted me after we saw Adam Sandler. We saw him in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that after. The show, he didn't stick around because he had to go to like Vanilla Ice's birthday party or something like that. That is awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that so, that's so funny. He might have been in some other Adam Sandler movies. I can't remember for sure though. But some um, random dude. <laughs> I did see I did see that Andy Sandberg got married and he invited Sandler to the wedding and Sandler showed up as this character with the outfit and all in real life. <laughs> and even outside of acting, he is just a chill dude. You know, everything you see, like he goes on a a talk show. He's just in basketball shorts and T-shirt. He doesn't give a fuck as he shouldn't because he's he got fucking money. Um, Oh, yeah. That's another thing that people probably don't realize about him. But his production company, he he makes some good cash. Oh, Um, absolutely. But when he walks around New York City, you know, people will throw him on on his TikTok. He's like, hey, what's up? You know, he's just a chill dude. Um, And just again, based on that. Uh, the amount he sh- of love he shows for his wife and kids when he talks about them and stuff. Uh, you don't see that a lot from a lot of kind of high end celebrities, but good dude, funny as hell. Uh, he he absolutely deserves to be on this list because he should be adored, and you should not feel guilty about watching any of his films. Not at all. So yeah, absolutely. Right. Hi, what what do you got? What what do you feel quote unquote guilty for watching? Okay, this is my number one draft pick off the board. It's fucking Joe Dirt, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Dirt himself, a whopping 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. This movie's <laughs> included in uh, the film critic Roger Ebert's most hated list. <laughs> so uh, the quick synopsis, after being abandoned by his parents at the Grand Canyon, Joe Dirt tells the story of his journey to find his parents. So basically the white trash Forrest oh Gump. <laughs> I'm not sure what it is about this movie. I think maybe from being on Comedy Central constantly back in the day, but I just love it. It's hilarious. It's one. It's probably my favorite guilty pleasure of all time. It's another quotable one too. So many funny oh, yeah. scenes. So rewatchable. Brandy, the damn smoke show. Kid Rock's in it. <laughs> that that mullet. Uh, that being said, I refuse to watch Joe Dirt too. I think he travels back in time in that, and just yikes. I'm not going to touch the second one, but Joe yeah. Dirt, one of my favorite guilty pleasures. No, fantastic movie. Again, also quotable, you know, when he, he uh, tries to threaten that bar with a, a pooper tank. <laughs> and they <laughs> knock it off and he's thinking, I got to poo on me. <laughs> so, yeah, fantastic. Absolutely quotable. You know, David Spade is in that realm of, you know, the the when Saturday Night Live was actually funny. Uh, David Spade, Chris Farley, Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. Chris Rock, you know, all those guys on there, they're still a crew. They're still buddies. Um, watching them make films is is really, really cool, uh, I, I think. Uh, another note here. I don't know why these guys are always f- friends with, like, the most obscure uh, musicians, but David Spade is actually pretty good friends with Kid Rock as well. And yeah. I remember they were interviewing him. Uh, I don't I, – it might have been a podcast. I, I'm not sure, but – uh kid rock was going off probably about like vaccines or something like that yeah um, i think his bar in tennessee got in trouble for being open or something and yeah. david spade 
said he taps him. He's like, hey, man, you know, like, why are you doing this? You know, he's like, oh, dude, I love it. So he's like obviously doing it for attention. He's a little (laughs) nutty as well. But um, it's just funny to be like, hey, man, I know you're not an asshole. Why do you want to come off like that? And he's (laughs) like, no, I enjoy it. So. Yeah, shout out to them. Shout out to Kid Rock, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Oh so, yeah. Gonna get off the comedy here for a second, um, but I'm gonna go with the the Saw films. Uh, okay. Explicitly after the first one, because I think everyone agrees the first one is the best one. It's very well done. Uh, basically shot in one room for the majority of the movie, um, and people consider it a good movie. Uh, after that, not so much. You can see the ratings go down and down and down and down and down and down. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're on the spinoffs with Spiral, and it, it's just getting all over the place. But excluding Spiral, I love every single one of these movies. They always came out around my birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, so for like my birthday parties, we would go and see a Saw movie with like my dad, and it was it was great. That's um, awesome. Enjoyable time always came out. And then um, even for, I think it was like my 16th or 17th birthday party, we had a Saw watch party. We watched, I think there were five or six out at the time. Watched all of those, and then we watched The Human Centipede 2. <laughs> so, um, in general, I know that, you know, story-wise, people don't like them. People don't like the excessive gore. Um, but anytime you hear that, theme song from saw you know your mind's about to get fucked oh and yeah you associate that with it and i love probably the best walkout of all time is uh israel adesanya coming out to the saw theme song yeah you know, that shit is so cool but i look forward every time i saw a saw movie the opening scene you know someone's gonna be in a trap you know they're not getting out of that trap mm-hmm. um, but i always look forward to that it's always super it's fucked up, yes, I know, but it is creative to think mm-hmm. of the things that go on in these movies. Uh, again, I completely understand why people don't like some of them, but for me, if I see a Saw movies on, I'm watching it. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I was never a big Saw guy, but they've definitely grown on me over the years. I think back in the day, I was too scared to actually watch them, and whenever they first came out, I was a little pussy boy, but... I think I used to have the first one for my PSP. So that just should, oh, and, uh, again, this feeling real old again. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I like the Saw movies. They're good horror. Is there going to be a Spiral sequel? No, but there is going to be a Saw 10. Oh, wow. Okay. That comes out, uh, is that October? I, they're almost always around my birthday. So I'm pretty sure. Uh, okay, it just says 2023. Wow. Um, no, that's not true. I definitely saw... A release date october 27th yeah so five days after my birthday wow so i'm going in it <laughs> nice oh yeah let's go and uh jigsaw's back from i'm pretty sure oh maybe i mean his face is on the cover wow okay yeah tobin bell is in it and he is a uh, jigsaw so don't know how maybe it's another prequel like jigsaw was but doesn't matter i'm going to see it nice That'll be a good one. I didn't know that there was going to be. I can't believe it's already the 10th one. That's nuts. It's it's painful, but they they really should stop. But I'm going to keep seeing them. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So I'll go off that. I'll add one that's, I guess, kind of a horror, maybe two, but it's uh, Scary Movie 1 and 2. Okay. So so the first one has a 51% and 
a 43% audience. And then Scary Movie 2, which is the one I'm going to pretty much focus on, 14% uh, critic score and 52% audience score. So they're just both so nostalgic in that, like, we don't really get spoof genre movies anymore. That really doesn't exist. And, like, after I feel like maybe Scary Movie 3, they kind of all just became so ridiculous that nobody even really wanted to see them anyway. So, uh, like I said, I'll focus focus mostly on Scary Movie 2 because it's the one I've probably seen more and the most. I remember watching whenever I was pretty young thinking I was watching something like scary and bad or it's the beginning and there it's like the exorcist and I was terrified and then so much funny shit and memorable shit happens that like that guy's hand and like yeah, yeah. Just, it was hilarious. Man. Yeah. So the original one was based mainly on slasher films, but Scary Movie 2 is kind of a parody of like supernatural and haunted house movies. Some of them being The Haunting, Stigmata, Exorcist, um, Amityville Horror, stuff like that. There's a ton of them. Uh, but then uh, it also spoofs Dude, Where's My Car? And some contemporary films like Hannibal and uh, Hollow Man, too. So it was commercially successful, going uh, $141.2 million on a $45, uh, $45, $45 million budget, but received negatively, uh, largely negative reviews. But I think it's also one of the reasons I like all the Scream movies so much and a lot of horror movies, because like, watching these just made me want to watch all the actual movies. Didn't... Um... Was it Scary Movie 2 or 3? I don't remember which one it was, but one of them they were uh, ripping on 8 Mile. Yeah, that's Scary Movie 3, which that could have been on the list too, but I'm not sure. I don't know if that one was like probably like the best one out of all. I'm not sure if it would be considered the best sure. or, not, or not, but yeah, that one's funny too. It's 8 Mile. Eight, yeah, because he, he was his, uh, the uh, what's that guy's name? The, the big guy. Diamond Rex. Charlie Sheen. No, no. Um, he's not on here. But the guy who was friends with Kevin Hart in the movies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I Anthony about... something. He's in like nothing anymore. Yeah. Anthony. Anthony Anderson. Anthony Anderson. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I used to have Scary Movie Four on DVD. Okay. Um, and that was the one they were making fun of, like, uh, uh, War of the Worlds. Uh-huh. Uh, Tom Cruise character and yeah. Jigsaw was actually in that one. Um, but they, they even brought in uh who was in the saw room? I think it was Dr. Phil. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and Shaq. Uh so yeah, they, definitely they're all over the place there. Uh Scary Movie 4 was the one I probably saw the most. And I, I think I always wanted to watch it because Carmen Carmen Electra's in all those. I'm like, yeah, she's hot. I'll watch those. Shout out to her. Pam Anderson's in the third one. Jenny McCarthy, you know, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. So let's just, I'm just going to go ahead and throw them all in here. Every scary movie up to like about four, whenever they started, I'm pretty sure after that, they just went to shit. But all the original scary movies, the first couple, they're all pretty fun, guilty pleasure movies for sure. Uh, and they all star Anna Ferris, who is in another film that uh, is my one of my guilty pleasures, uh, Just Friends. Ty, have you seen Just Friends? Just Friends. I don't know if I have the whole way through. Is okay. that Ryan Reynolds in it? It is, yes. Okay. So one of my favorite movies when I was, well, what, 2005? So sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I connected with this movie, Ty. I was a fat little kid when I was in elementary school. Oh, yeah. So knowing that the fat guy can get hot and turn into Ryan Reynolds and land Anna Ferris felt good to me. So I, I, I watched this movie. It is funny, stupid humor, much like a lot of uh, old Ryan Reynolds movies mm-hmm. and all Anna Ferris movies. <laughs> um, but again, it, it's just a story about a fat kid 
who was in love with this girl. They were best friends. And it was the last night of high school. And he's, he was going to tell her how he feels. And he goes to tell her how he feels. And she goes, oh, I agree. I love you, too. And then he goes in to kiss her. She kisses him on the cheek and goes, as a brother. And I'm like, oh, oh fuck, dude. But Ryan Reynolds does this thing. He plays himself in every movie. But he, he he comes home for the holidays. I forget. Oh, no, I do know why. He was flying home because he's da- dating Anna Ferris at the time, who is a uh, uh, musician. She's essentially crazy Britney Spears during that time. Okay. Um, so they were flying and they had to land early and they landed in his hometown. So it okay. just obviously becomes a, a homecoming for him. He meets his old friends and he's like, oh, shit, my old love is still here. So it's about him trying to get with her yet again. It, it's silly. It's stupid. Um, but it is one rom-com that I will always sit down and watch. There's a, I love a good rom-com, you know? And that kind of reminds me of one that just missed my list. And it's Employee of the Month with Dane Cook. Yes. That's another one, of the, another one of those rom-coms. It's just like it was always on Comedy Central. It was funny. It was goofy. I like a good rom-com every now and then. I don't blame you for putting that on your list at all. Uh it is on HBO Max right now, and honestly, I might go put that on after this. <laughs> wow, I might have to give it a watch now, too. That's awesome. Uh, speaking of Jessica Simpson, that's her name. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. An employee of the month. Great movie as well. I love it. I think it's only got 20% Rotten Tomatoes, too, so another guilty pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> okay, I got one here. I think we both probably really familiar with this one i think we both probably watched it in middle school high school national treasure okay <laughs> so 46 percent critics 76 percent audience this is like a, a just a nick cage banger i love this movie i think like i said i think we watched it in school i didn't expect it to have like such a low raw tomato score but like all these guilty players this one's just so rewatchable like so many memes too like gonna steal the declaration of independence <laughs> Like, it's got such a cult following. A lot of people really want that third one to come out. And I think they're making a series for Disney Plus out of it. But uh, it's also one of the movies where Sean Bean's and his character doesn't die. Impressive. Yeah, I, did, I didn't even connect that. Yeah, I didn't either until I saw it today. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's probably the movie that introduced me to Nick Cage. You know, I... Trying to think, I don't think before National Treasure, I saw anything with him in it. Probably because, we, like you said, we were younger. Yeah, uh, yeah. When did this come out? Two thousand four, so like fourth, fifth grade. Wow, I can't believe it came out that long ago. Yeah, this is just an episode that's making us feel old. Yeah, because uh, in twenty years, I'm sorry, next year will be the twenty year anniversary, and National Treasure three will be coming out. Wow, so is Nick Cage going to be in it? Uh, doesn't say. Okay. I would imagine. How could they not? Yeah, you you got to keep him in at this point. There's no way. I'm trying yeah, to think he, if there's anything I've seen Nick Cage in before this. I'm going to go back and look. Yeah, I, I would do the same. Yeah, I can't imagine seeing much else with him in it pre-2004, you know? He I know has, I saw a, this a lot one of gone in 60 like, seconds. Yeah. That movie that, was cool. That's probably one. Uh, let's see here. Uh Christmas Carol, no. Going 60 Seconds, Bringing Out the Dead. I just watched that recently. Face, Face off. off. Yeah. I saw Face Off, but that was probably after seeing National Treasure. Yeah, I saw 
I think I think so too. I remember seeing the Family Man too. It was like a holiday movie kind of thing. Nick Cage though, just banging him out. I still have to see uh the unbearable weight of massive town after you had such good things to say yeah, about that's it. A good it's one. it's going viral on the TikTok right now with Pedro Pascal too. So Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll have to check that out for sure. Nick Cage, shout out to him. Uh, sticking with kind of the comedy realm here. Uh, also, th- this connects with the upcoming movie for next week. Um, but The Ringer. <laughs> so, oh boy, yeah. Uh, Johnny Knoxville. I don't know if this was his first film outside of Jackass or not, but that's what I think of when I see him. Mm-hmm. Horrible, horrible plot. Who <laughs> thought of this as a movie? Because you know, on paper, you're probably like, dude, you can't make that movie. That's fucking wrong. Yeah, but it there's is, no way today this movie comes out, but I'm glad it did. But my God, was it funny? Um, Absolutely. Crack up. I say, I quote this movie a lot too. Mostly the, when the fuck did we get ice cream? Part? <laughs> so, uh, hilarious. I mean, not only that, but Johnny Knoxville actually made good friends with some of the people in the cast. And some of them were actually handicapped in some way. Uh, mm-hmm. One in particular is. Uh, what is his real name? Uh, Edward Barnabel. Uh, okay. Barbanel. I said that wrong. Um, but he uh, ended up being on some of the Jackass scenes. I think in oh, like yeah, Jackass right. 3. Um, and he's gone and done more movies after that. He was in Workaholics, Hall Pass, Dumb and Dumber 2. Um, another, another show that I just started watching that sadly ended, but it's very good is uh, Louder Milk. He was in that. Um, wow. But yeah. His first film was The Ringer, and that allowed him to go on and do other things. So you could say all you want about, hey, it's wrong. You know, you're exploiting these people. Mm-hmm. They're having a good time. They're enjoying it. And it lets them go do more. Mm-hmm. Go for it. You know, yeah, absolutely. Th- that's honestly how I see it. Um, so obviously, that's a big reason this movie probably has pretty low ratings. But as a comedy, funny as hell. Definitely a good guilty pleasure for sure. And a movie coming out as uh, the champions, which has a very oh, right. similar vein. I thought, I thought the exact same thing. Cause I saw the trailer for that right before cocaine bear. And I was like, what the fuck is this? The ringer 2023. Yeah. yeah Pretty so much. It's just champions. Uh, yeah. So Woody Harrelson in this next one and Caitlin Olsen from, uh, it's always, always sunny. sunny. So, yeah. you know, that's going to be good. Oh yeah, I I was like so blown away when I saw that trailer. I was like, "This is just the ringer." Yeah, yeah. And again, and there's there's actual uh, mentally handicapped people in this film, and if they're having a blast. Let them have a blast. Oh yeah, definitely. So I think my last one here, I'm gonna go with uh, a Christmas movie, and it's Jingle All the Way. Uh, it's a it's an Ar- uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger Arnold? banger, yeah. yeah, an Arnold Schwarzenegger banger. So uh, it's all about a guy that just wants to get his son a Turbo Man for Christmas. A bad dad, <laughs> he's never really around. He wants to get him that goddamn Turbo Man. So yeah, this yeah. is so nostalgic for me. It's probably one of my favorite Christmas movies. And this was just back when Arnold was killing it in everything. Yeah, I wanted that damn Turbo Man so bad, and now they actually sell them around Christmas time at like Target and Walmart. They're like a Funko, a big Funko thing. Really. Yeah, I saw it. It was like 30 or 40 bucks. I was like, fuck, I don't know if I want Turbo Man that bad. I think I'm going to do it, though. Yeah, that, that's genius. Um, 
But they said uh, the story is based on the 1980s shopping craze over the Cabbage Patch Kids, and then this movie ended up um, perfectly mimicking the Tickle Me Elmo craze of 1996. <laughs> there's always one toy. Yeah, there's always that toy back in the day, especially. And then just like Joe Dirt, there's a sequel to this that I fucking refuse to watch. It's It's got Larry the Cable Guy in it. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, so Jingle All the Way, a holiday banger. 19% critic score, by the way. Not good. I'll, uh, this was not on my list, but you bring up Arnold, and there's another comedy that he's in that I also really enjoy, and that is Kindergarten Cop. Oh, yeah. So, again, a lower-rated movie, um, but I think it's probably a little higher than Jingle All the Way, but Kindergarten Cop, it's just a 90s stupid comedy where they throw the big man, Arnold, into mm-hmm. something silly. They were doing yeah. that a lot with him. And hey, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. And I just looked it up. There's a Kindergarten Cop sequel. It's got Dolph Lundgren in it. <laughs> oh, boy. You can't. All right. You, okay. Hold on. You can't just do it with any big band. Yeah. Don't work that way. <laughs> uh, this one, four awards. It had to be for bad movies. No, it won. Uh, fuck. Uh, oh, it won the Kids Choice Award in 1991 for favorite movie actor. Wow. There you go. So 1991. We're just dating ourselves even more as the episode goes on. Kids Choice Awards. I remember tuning in to watch that back in the day. That was like that was like the Oscars now for kids. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, I remember Avril Lavigne performing on there and then i finally just saw avril lavigne live for the first time last year at when we were young oh yeah still 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 hot (laughs) oh yeah i believe it punk punk rock princess they call her all right so ty i will finish it out here um i'm i'm the matrix is my favorite movie of probably all time uh two and three the Mm -hmm. sequels after that people did not enjoy i disagree I understand the anger. What should anger you is uh, the Matrix Four because that didn't need to be made. It didn't make any sense. They yeah, no. he died. Stop it. Um, yeah, but the Matrix Two and Three. Uh, this was yet another movie that I saw every single one in theaters uh, with my dad. So maybe it might just be a nostalgia thing because the Matrix, the original one, was the first rated R movie I've ever seen. Hey, yeah. Um, so that clicked with me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm watching a rated R movie. You know, I was like, I don't know, 11, 10, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really enjoyed that. And then as I kind of grew older, got into computers, stuff like that, it, it hit me more. I'm like, man, this shit's wild. Um, so, yeah, Matrix 2 and 3, people didn't like them. I'm all about them. Uh, the fight scenes are fun. The, the, the Neil's the one. Keanu Reeves is the man. Absolutely. I knew it back then, and everyone's agreeing with me now. But Keanu Reeves is the man. John Wick coming out this month, or, well, March. Um, Yeah. That'll be another great one. But Keanu Reeves was killing it back back then as well. He wasn't just some stupid surfer guy like they had him in, uh, was it Point Break and Bill Mm -hmm. and Ted? Yeah. But, no, I, I really enjoyed both the second and third films of this trilogy. Um. It ties it all together. What what can you say? And the the fight scenes are incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, guns, lots of guns. Definitely, I think it's definitely nostalgic for guys our age. The, those Matrix movies for sure. Yeah. 
So, but yeah, that's where all ended out here. Ty, any other uh, runner-ups or anything you can think of? I got a couple honorable mentions. Basketball with Matt Parker. And yeah, Chris. it's okay. Yeah, the, the South Park guys. Fantastic. Uh, Evil Dead 2013. I know you didn't like that one. I love that one. It's it was a scary, scary ass movie. I remember we went and saw it in high school. I think or right after high school, so college. And Denny and I, our friend Denny, he we were just traumatized, dude. Uh, <laughs> I think I had nightmares. Um, and then another one, The New Guy. I don't know if you if you're familiar with that movie or the not, but it, new guy. it was another one that was always on Comedy Central. I remember I bought the DVD of it. Stupid ass movie, but I just that- loved it. The little skinny dude. Yes. Yes. DJ Qualls. Yeah, DJ Qualls. He hits people with that stare and it makes the big ass whip noise. <laughs> he dyes his hair, hair bleached blonde, and just becomes a badass. It was wild. What is that other movie? You know, maybe it wasn't him. It was like Miami. No. Malibu. Malibu's most wanted. Yeah. Oh, that wasn't him. Okay. But yeah, that, I, I thought it was him. Uh no, that's a that's a good one. If I I honestly don't know if I've seen the whole thing. <laughs> it's just it's one of those like guilty pleasures for sure. You'll have to watch it sometime whenever you don't feel like watching something great, but you want to watch something. Yeah. A couple others I had on my list were Dude Where's My Car. That was just nostalgic Fair. too. And then uh the first Transformers movie, because it was fucking electric back in the day whenever that Lincoln Park song kicks in at the yeah. end. What I've done. <laughs> oh, yeah. Optimus Prime. But they've just gone so far downhill since then. I don't even, yeah. I don't even think I've watched the second or third one. I think I refuse. No, it, it, it's not worth it. Yeah, especially know, you, this, this new you, one coming out. I couldn't care less. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're past their, their Prime op, or Optimus Prime. <laughs> um, but no, they just kind of need to stop now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, well, you brought up basketball. Uh, I'm just going to say Orgasmo. If you haven't ah. seen Orgasmo, look it up. It's also Matt Stone and Trey Parker. Uh, okay. Stupid as hell. It's about a Mormon becoming a porn star. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> Hilarious. Awesome. Hilarious. I, but, I still need yeah. to see the Book of Mormon. I can't wait oh, to finally see it. Yeah, one of the funniest things. I have the soundtrack on my phone, and if I'm ever like driving somewhere that usually will come on uh, for, awesome. for a long trip that is i i will sing uh, <laughs> i will sing along that's but, hilarious uh cool well i think that does it here ty um yeah i think th- that'll do it i don't feel guilty about any of those movies to be honest no it was a fun time it was a good time now i want to watch them all again yeah i i think i'm gonna go put on just friends <laughs> i'm gonna go <laughs> sit down eat dinner and watch that absolutely Cool. Well, thanks again for tuning in, everyone, and we will uh, see you next time. See you guys.